Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Basic Witch. As always, I'm Cassie. How's everybody doing? Oh my gosh, what a week, you guys. Wow, um, I don't even know where to start with everything. It's been crazy. First off, um, my head feels like it's a device and something's squeezing it very tightly. I think the change in seasons is getting like more fucked up because uh, yesterday we had a fucking gorgeous day. It was 70, it was beautiful, and today it's cold and rainy and my head feels like it's going to fucking explode. So, um, I'm literally still fighting that sinus infection slash cold for like two fucking years now at this point. Like, it's literally not stopped my allergies and stuff, so, yeah. Um, I don't know at this point if it's ever going to stop. I think it might just be permanent now, and I've accepted that, and yeah, uh, it sucks, but... My head is just really pounding today with this uh, weather, like such drastic change, but it's Indiana, so you would think I would be completely used to it by now. So, yeah, this week's been crazy, you know, I told you guys I've been getting ready for inventory, I have to redo my inventory because the guy from August 30th inventory did not like my boss and he was a dick and decided that he was going to cancel my inventory, which is a bunch of bullshit, but whatever, you know, that's life, it is what it is, so... We had to throw our inventory together for um, Tuesday, November 1st, and it's been a nightmare. I was supposed to be on vacation Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday tomorrow, but that did not happen because of inventory. So I was really pissed because I actually put these vacation days in last year and um, at the end of November, or at the end of October last year for this year's vacation. and. Um, it did not happen now, so I'm kind of bummed about that, but I mean, it is what it is. Things still worked out, except for yesterday morning, y'all, so I had to work, and I had to get those or treating on Saturdays, so, um, I always tell my team, dress up for the holidays, like, dress up, do what you want at school, like, you know, we want to show the community that we're a part of it, blah, blah, we hand out candy at the store from five to six, so I had a lot of stuff I needed to do at work that day, and I wanted to get in there early yesterday, and I have never, ever, ever, ever been late to work ever like in my entire life no I, I I'm just never late like it just doesn't happen for me I'm my late is being like 15 minutes early still like I'm just not late so yesterday morning I'm laying there and the, at that the night before I had a hell of a time sleep and I woke up at like two well I barely went to sleep at like 11 30 quarter to 12 I finally fell asleep for like a little bit woke back up off and on multiple times and around two I woke up and I could not fall back asleep, my head was pounding, everything hurt, like my whole body was just achy, I was tired because I've been working my ass off, I usually get up at 3.45, um, and well that's when my alarm goes off the first time I hit snooze a few times, but I like to get in, I need to be at work by 6 usually, Saturdays I try to get in there no later than 7, um, I do go in a little bit later on Saturdays because it's technically my half day, which never actually happens, but... Anyway, I'm normally never that late, so uh, I fall back asleep at like 3.15 and apparently I just snoozed away. I woke up to my phone blowing up from a text from my cashier and she's like, um, hey, let me in, it's cold out here. And I'm like, oh, fuck, so I didn't know what to do. I, I don't leave my house without makeup on, I don't leave my house without my hair done. I had a big old makeup plan I was going to do, um, my, you know, my hair and stuff, I had a little cat ears I was going to wear, and my, uh, shirt that said, which please, 
and my cardigan with skulls on it. It's literally my every year wear to work Halloween outfit. Um, I just, you know, the cat ear. Normally I wear my hat. Actually, I was going to wear my hat. Um, everything just went to shit. So I woke up, I freaked out. I threw all my makeup in a bag, put my contacts in, put sunglasses on, took a pic to my hair, threw some oil in it, and threw the cat ears in instead. <laughs> and uh, threw my clothes on and went out the door. Got to the store at like 5 after 8. Uh, opened the store up. Got my cashier's drawer in. Went to the office. Grabbed my backup toothbrush, toothpaste. Went to the bathroom. Brushed my teeth. Then went to my office. Put my makeup on while I was doing all my uh, morning paperwork. It was fucking crazy. Like, I felt like my whole day was off. Everything was horrible. But it ended up being fine. Everything actually ended up being a fucking great day. Got a bunch of work done. That I needed to get done for inventory. Came home. Um got something to eat real quick and then the kids stopped by and Brady didn't have a costume for his uh, Halloween party the kids were going to last night so we were like what the fuck we used to have a giant tote full of Halloween stuff and every year like when there would be a clearance on Halloween so I'd buy up any costume stuff and throw it in this tote and if somebody didn't need a car didn't have a costume or needed something we would get in the tote, get it out, and we would help, you know, local people, the community, you know, stuff, friends that needed stuff. So, we always had stuff. It always worked perfect. Well, this year, we don't know where the tote is. Like, it's gone. And I don't know where the fuck it went or what happened. So, I was really upset. And we're trying to figure something out. And I was, told Brady, I was like, I have a black wig. Like, that's all I really think of right now. I have a black wig. If you could do anything with that. Well... Uh, we are a big Motley Crue family. Like, we all like Motley Crue a lot. So, Ray's like, I'll just go to McMars. I have a guitar, blah, blah, blah. So, we just started throwing shit together. And it fucking, like, it really came together. If you guys look at my Facebook page and my personal page, Travis tagged me in some of the pictures. And it's amazing. I'm actually still waiting on Brady to send me the other pictures. But it's fucking great. He looked awesome. Uh, Mace looked like, or wore a suit and had a mask on, looked like the dude from The Purge. It was great. Trav just wore his Save the Animals Kit Kat shirt and did all lighting and fog work and everything. Of course, I wore uh, my dress and my hat and just went as, you know, myself, um, a witch. So, <laughs> but it was great. We had such a great time. I actually went back down to work from 5 to about 5.40, hand out candy to the community. I thought it was important as me and the store manager to be there and be involved in the community. So, I was out there handing out candy. It was a lot of fun. I really, really loved it. It was, um, it was a great time. And then I came home and got everything ready here, hand out candy, and we had a lot of uh, trick-or-treaters. I was trying to count. I really think we had over 500. I originally said over 400, but I'm pretty sure we had over 500. It's only a two-hour time frame from house to house um, in Attica, which is really cool. That we had so many kids we had a lot of kids from other towns because the neighboring towns their trick-or-treating is on actual Halloween night and we always do ours on Saturday which is kind of weird but it's kind of nice too because it gives me time for my own traditions and things that I want to do so um, it's kind of nice but it was a really great turnout we had a lot of fun the kids all look great everybody's costumes kids were just great um, the light show went out great, and if you guys get a chance, I posted some pictures, um, in the Facebook group and on my personal page to have some more black and white ones. Trav did an amazing job with, um, photography, even though we, I mean, literally, we just last went out, I'm like, hey, take my picture, and he hit the fog machine, and it was just perfect, and a couple of them, it looks like I'm floating, it's fucking awesome, so, that all turned out really great, I was so happy, uh, to have such a great turnout, so, 
Um, before we dive in, just a couple other things I wanted to go over. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at it. I did post the um, Witch Casket October unboxing video. Oh my god, you guys, it was so fucking great. And I apologize for my language, but it feels so the podcast are used to it. So, <laughs> um, it was awesome though. I fucking love it. Literally, Witch Casket has become my fucking favorite. And I think a few of you guys may have signed up because normally the so the month that's coming up will come out on like the 14th 15th of the month comes out of my account and I always get email you know like the last week of, of the month tell me you know oh that's sold out they you know they got all they could for that month and normally it's pretty quick or you know pretty close to the end of the month or sometimes into the beginning of that month and then they ship on the 14th or 15th of the following month so um, I got an email like shortly after I got my box or shortly after the the 20th so probably like the 21st 22nd saying they sold out for the month so lots more people have jumped in and are buying the witch casket and subscribing and it's fucking amazing you guys are gonna be so happy I know it is a little bit more than some of the other boxes but I'm telling you I promise you it's worth it if you cancel all your other boxes and only pick one box this is the box to pick um, I, I'm lucky I Travis is super supportive so he's like yes definitely um, make sure you get the boxes so I do have three boxes I get the mindful souls the mantra box which is also known as the seven chakras box and the witch casket I did cancel God's provisions just because they just weren't um, like keeping me happy they had a lot more things in there that I just wasn't happy with and um, things I wouldn't personally use I mean maybe great for other people it just was not my bag so Mindful, soul, mindful souls and seven chakras I definitely keep because every month I get jewelry and a crystal and some other cool uh, altar tools so those are awesome but the, the witch casket me on its chef's kiss is fucking great uh, last piece of business or info or whatever to tell y'all about the, there's a new magazine that came out um, well it's not new like the edition but um, it's Mother Earth News it's really cool. I get this a lot. Um, since I work at the store, I put magazines out all the time, and there's really cool ones. And first off, magazines have gotten fucking ridiculously expensive. Like, super fucking stupid expensive. I'm going to just make um, For no reason. Like, back in the day, you wouldn't, like, $5 for a magazine was like, damn, that's a fucking lot. But now, this bitch was $14.99. And I don't know how I feel about it, but I bought it on impulse, and I think that's the whole point, you know, the magazines are up front, they're for impulse buying, but I'm the one who does that and puts them out, and I impulse myself, so fuck, but it's super awesome, it is, um, the Mother Earth News, this is a collector series edition, and it is the winter edition, this one is all about your guide to super herbs, it's got little spell jars on the front with different herbs in them, and it's, um, literally just all about herbs the whole fucking thing is about herbs and boosting your immunity and your mood and so many different fucking things i've not got a chance to read all of it yet but it is legit worth the 14 dollars um and if you can't buy that you can't spend that i totally fucking get it i really 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 do um literally just go in and read a couple pages you know when you have time or you know maybe take a couple pictures of it and then put it back and take a couple pictures a couple days later I don't know I'm not trying to tell you to be like just like you know sneaky but be fucking sneaky it's too much to spend for a magazine honestly but I did and I I don't know I did it so sorry I had to rip that I was driving me fuck crazy um I did it but you can get the entire fucking 
Okay, so it says there's a little thing in there, you know, to subscribe. You get a whole year for um, $26.95. So had I just bought the year's worth, I literally would have only paid like $10 more for the whole year. $12 more for the entire fucking year that I did for one issue. But it is what it is about it. It's, it's great. It's going to add to my collection. I'm always on the lookout for um, magazines that have things to do with herbs or crystals or healing or anything really along our lines of, um, you know, our craft. So this is really cool, you know, handy little thing to add to my uh, my library. Oop, I'm hitting fucking everything in here while I'm talking. So, yeah. Um, oh, also, one last thing I do want to add before I dive into the episode. My therapist uh, is actually working on coming out with a podcast and... A company, I think he's going to have a website. I cannot remember the Facebook page right now. I literally am still trying to find it on there. It is all going to be about wellness and healthness, you know, health consciousness and and fixing, you know, um, it's all about your body and your mind and your wellness in general, like as a whole for your soul too, not just your actual physical body, but for your like your, your body, your mind, your soul, everything. And um, he's very much like us when it comes to herbs and crystals and the healing and all the things. He's a very spiritual man, very, very similar to me. That I think that's why he's so great of a therapist for me because he thinks like I do and we have the same um, mindset as far as the world goes. So um, once I get more info, I will definitely, definitely, definitely uh, shout that out and link it in the show notes and on the Facebook group and everything, but I, I really think you guys will love it and I really look forward to um, getting to, to promote that when he is ready. So, today we are talking about Salon and of course Halloween because they are combined now. Um, some of the old traditions and the history of where it started and many just different things about it. Um, I, <laughs> there's so many different things out there about Samhain and Halloween and different things that you hear so many different versions of everything and it's a lot of work to kind of figure out what is legit versus what is made up bullshit and it kind of gets cloudy in some areas but I'm, I've done a lot of research um, over the years to learn about it and I thought what a great time to just kind of put this all together and to go through everything so that is what we're doing and how perfect because it's coming out on devil's night i'll tell you more about that when we kick in Let's dive into this. We are talking about Samhain and Halloween and the tradition of the two, how they became one, and all the things in between and current. So, starting off, it is a pagan holiday, and I know that we have some Christian listeners, and that's great. I love that you're able to blend both worlds. I would say that a lot of the um, Christian holidays are actually bathed in pagan traditions and originated in a lot of ways in pagan tradition and culture so it's kind of crazy to me how we have um, 
adapted the things we like and kind of shame the things we don't. So I will say that and move forward and not um, continue my thoughts anymore on that because that's for a whole other topic. But it is one of the eight Sabbaths on the Wheel of the Year and to most it's considered the absolute most important Sabbath. I agree. My family has always been huge on Samhain and Halloween and we celebrate both sides of it, both reasons and both traditions. And when I say both, meaning they are the same holiday technically for, you know, as far as the world is considered, but they both have different um, aspects to them. They are one, but different. I know it's crazy, but it'll make sense, I promise. So we always go all out on a lot of things and I'll, I'll list my traditions at the end. I'll talk about those and what we do as a family, but it's really, really something that we've always gotten into it is a big topic in our house and it's something that we prepare for literally like a year in advance. Um, I said we did our trigger training here in Attica yesterday, which would have been Saturday night, and we uh, will literally start planning for next year's Halloween, like today and tomorrow, because that's just who we are as people. So it's something that's on our mind year round. Um, I buy a lot of my home decor during this time of year and I get a lot of it on clearance coming up too. Um, so that is a great uh, time for me and many of you I'm assuming. It sucks that you can't just buy like that kind of decor year round and have it more available. I mean you can, there are specialty shops, there's online, but to actually be able to go into a store and see it, feel it, touch it. It's not always available, and if it is, it's kind of expensive because more considered to be like a specialty type thing, something that they would um, consider to be like off-season or something, so sometimes that stuff can be more expensive even though it should be cheaper because it is off-season according to them. But here I do 100% agree that it is probably the most important Sabbath. It is um, something we take very seriously here, and like I said, we, we prep a lot for. For me, it symbolizes the ending of things, kind of like um, wrapping everything up in a nice neat bow and taking the last couple months of the year to kind of reflect on everything and prepare for the upcoming winter. We're basically, you know, this is the midpoint between fall equinox and the winter solstice. So it's kind of like the last warning of, hey, okay, this is it. We're wrapping it up. Now it's time for shit to get cold and freeze and be miserable and basically ushers in the dark half of the year sucks because winter can be really shitty. Um, I've talked about this in a couple of episodes ago where the cold, like there's literally seasonal whatever, whatever, and it stands for sad, like it literally is a something like horrible. I mean, people literally have seasonal depression because of the shitty weather, like it's cold, it's gloomy, it's dark. I personally like gloomy and dark, like the weather outside today is perfect if we're just a hair a bit warmer I'd be more happy but this is like curl up on the couch with a good book or you know something and just relax kind of day but unfortunately being my one day off I have a lot of shit to do so especially with inventory coming up but I ain't gonna bit of that um but no really it is a, a time for me where I kind of consider it to be like the intro into the madness and the darkness and the horrid beyond because I just don't like winter. I just don't like it. I mean, I like the snow's pretty, but I don't like the freezing cold. I don't like where my bones hurt because so fucking cold and I wouldn't be able to handle like anything up any far north than I already am, which I am 
Midwest Indiana, like, or Central, fuck, West Central Indiana, so I'm, like, right in the Midwest, and anything higher up would be too much, I can't do the cold, so, but, for me, like I said, it's a time of kind of wrapping, wrapping everything up, and really being thankful for everything I have, it's kind of like pre-gaming for Thanksgiving, in a way, <laughs> because you are taking this time to do so many things and appreciate everything you have and what you've got there and kind of get prepared for the upcoming season and stuff. So I'll talk about more of that as we get into it. It'll, it'll kind of blend itself in. So again, I've talked about this for many, many weeks now. The veil is very thin. The barrier between both worlds is it's broken down. It's, it's like null and void at this point. And a lot of the um, other side is coming through. That's why your divinations are going to be a lot stronger. The energies you feel around you are going to be stronger. Things around you are just going to be super strong. And as I said before, that veil doesn't just like, oh, hey, it's November 1st, bam, and go right back up. The wall's not just rebuild itself overnight. It slowly thickens back up. It's not something that just, you know, bam, it's over. So if you can't fully celebrate, obviously, on October 31st, don't panic because it's still, like, happening. Like, it's it's... The days before, the days after, it's kind of an all-around thing. So, actually, in ancient Samhain, in ancient times, Samhain was celebrated for three days. It was an event that um, kind of went like, you know, All Hallows Eve, or um, I'm sorry, the Devil's Night, and then Halloween, and then November 1st. So, kind of all three days kind of tied together. And back then, it was mandatory for people to dress up and parade around to amuse the kings. Yes, the kings wanted people to dress up as monsters and ghouls and goblins to amuse them. Failure to do this was the belief that your result would be punishment and illness and or death, which is super fucked up, but that's what people believe because that's what they were beating their heads to believe. Also, uh, because the barrier was down and the veil was super thin, people would dress as monsters and ghouls and goblins because they believed that they were walking among the living so they needed to blend in and it was basically their way of fooling them and that's where the um whole tradition of costumes came from and scary costumes now obviously which we'll talk about as we get going we have adapted our costume um standards and what what is acceptable but back then it was ghoul goblins dark stuff scary monster things like that it was also creepy as fuck. Have you seen pictures of kids, even like back from like the early 1900s, dressed up for Halloween as creepy shit? That fucking shit is scary. The masks, like with the long beaks, which are fucking cool, are just creepy on little kids. There's something about a little kid dressed up in scary shit that just freaks me the fuck out. I don't like it. I don't know what it is, but I don't love it at all. It's fucking creepy and, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's fucking too much for sure. Like, it is way, way, way too much for me. But they did, because it was mandatory. You had to. And so people would leave little treats out, um, you know, for the fairies and the monsters, just to kind of appease them and make them happy, because that's the thing that the whole point of this was to make sure that the undead did not come after you, that the, um, the spirits or... The monsters, the goblins, the ghouls, whatever it was, were not, you know, coming to attack you. So you leave them little treats for them, for the fairies, for whomever, just to keep yourself safe. Now as we went to the Middle Ages, things changed a little bit and fire was more introduced into Samhain. 
and these were called Salon fires. We call them bonfires today, but they were big. They were huge, and they were for a reason. They were no, or, um, used to protect families from witches and fairies. I'm not really sure how fire was supposed to do that. I don't know if it was supposed to um, scare the witches and fairies and, you know, remind them of being burned or something. I'm not 100% sure how that theory worked, how they thought it was happening. I myself would think that they would um, attract more because of the light. But I wasn't alive back then, so I don't really know. But they did it. They did put them out to or have these large fires, um, mostly out like around farms and such, uh, bigger areas to protect families and the people around and kind of keep everyone safe from the monsters and ghouls. Maybe they thought that if the fire was big and bright, that they could see them, they could be able to see better and see the ghouls and goblins. I honestly don't get it. Maybe I'm just not thinking the right way but I just don't see how um, a big fire is gonna scare off a witch or a fairy I mean I get you know burn the witches at the stake and shit but this stuff is like old as fuck so I don't know maybe at this point they would also carve turnips and attach them to a string um, they would have sticks and coal and different things embedded in them and these were what were called jack-o'-lanterns um, it's kind of cool to look back at some of the pictures of people, and it's still like, um, it's early 1900s, which is, is weird. Um, you see pictures of people with these gourds and turnips that are carved, and it's just really fucking cool to look back. Creepy, but super, super cool to look back at some of the things that they had made and compare them to what we do today, and it's just, it's crazy the differences, but it is. Um, the Irish would later swap out the turnips for pumpkins, and that's where we have our tradition of carving pumpkins for Halloween. Back then, I believe that they did it to um, scare off and ward off different monsters and ghosts and spirits because they thought it was scary and it would scare them away. Today, we do it to decorate. It's just crazy how much shit has changed, but it did. In Wales, uh, men <laughs> toss, literally toss... <laughs> burning wood at each other literally like they would light planks of wood on fire and fucking chuck them at each other like in wales they did violent fucking games to celebrate halloween back then it was fucked up like could you imagine your friend being like happy halloween bitch and then take a log out of the fire and chuck it at your ass like what the fuck mind blown just done they also would do fireworks, which I really didn't even realize that fireworks were a thing in the Middle Ages, but apparently they were, and that's fucking cool. Um, I'm sure they were not like the fireworks we have now. I'm sure they were small little explosives that just went like poof, and everything was the coolest fucking thing. Really surprised that they weren't like, oh my god, that's fucking magic. You are a witch and fucking burn them. Because, you know, some people would not be acceptable to that, but it is what it is. In Northern England, uh, men would parade the streets with noisemakers. So everybody kind of had their own little different traditions that kind of um, tied together and all the stuff would kind of mesh itself together as we get into more modern times. And you can see kind of where a lot of our traditions have come from and how they've been adapted and changed. They would also do a dumb supper. And we have talked about a dumb supper before, but for anyone who does not remember, a dumb supper is when you, <coughs> excuse me, you set a room, 
and set up a dinner. The kids normally aren't involved in this part. They would be in a different room for the most part because everyone has to stay silent the entire time they're in the room for the dinner. You will set a placing for the missed loved ones. You will light a candle for them. You would um, write notes for them, things you wanted them to know, and just kind of honor them with that, with the dinner. And the entire meal was done in silence. Everybody was quiet the entire time. At this point, um, it was very, very strongly believed that the, the deceased loved ones were in the room with them the entire time. They treated them as if they were a human being still alive in that spot. Everything was as if they never left that that spot is kept for them and nobody sits there nobody you would literally walk around it like you wouldn't just pass through you would literally walk around so you never walk through somebody so it is very very um serious tradition that has been passed on and a lot of people still perform dumb suppers a lot of people feel a super strong connection and it's it's to everyone's taste whether there's something they want to do or not I personally am all for Dumb Supper. Some people absolutely are not. Some people are creeped out by the concept. And again, it's everybody for themselves. You have your own beliefs, your own traditions, your own thoughts, your own feelings towards this. If this is something you want to maybe try, go for it. Um, it's just, it's up to you. It's your personal choice whether there's something you want to do. I think it's a fantastic idea. And I really think that um, we should bring more of that back and more people should be doing that so we can honor the, the ones that we've lost and stuff because it can be so fucking crazy and um, just a bit, you know, a bit um, loving for the people we've missed and a, a good way to, to show them respect. So um, during this time, the children would play games to entertain the dead. This was all done outside of the dining room. No, no speaking is done at all inside the dining area. It's completely quiet. But the children would play games to kind of entertain the dead while the adults would um, take time to update the dead on any news or anything, any happenings over the last year that they had missed. Which to me, okay, that has to ask your, yourself, do you believe that they're here year round? Do you believe that they're always around you? Or do you have the strong belief that they only come during this time when the veil is thin? I personally feel like my loved ones are around all the time, not just when the veil's thin. I think the connection is stronger this time of year, but I don't feel like it's, uh, oh, hey, November 1st is here, we're out, we can't see you again until, like, October 31st next year. I feel like they're all around. But it may be, um, back then, obviously, they had different beliefs. They hadn't really experienced a lot with it then, so they may not have understood that they were around them all the time. And it may have been a thing where they were, you know, taking this moment and the opportunity to fill them in on everything and just kind of shower them with the attention and filling them in on everything that they might have missed. So it's kind of your own little opinions there on how, I mean, back then, obviously, we've, we've grown, but back then it was, um, I just have a lot of questions about back then of things that I don't really understand, but I guess you'd have to be in the mindset of back then. So... Christian Samhain, um, let's talk about that. So, Christians tried to basically claim and change the holiday. They were like, uh, yeah, we, we like the thought of it, but we're going to make some alterations. And in the 5th century, 
the Pope, uh, I don't remember what his name was, he changed the holiday from October 31st to May 13th. He thought it fit better there and tried to make some changes on um, the traditions that people did, the things they um, were able to say and do and, and their actions. And it, it worked for several years. It really did because it did not get moved back to the 31st until Pope Gregory in the 9th century declared that um, it shall be on October 31st and that November 1st would be known as All Souls Day. Some people call it All Saints Day, but it was declared All Souls Day. And they really tried to harness it and make it more of the spiritual side and about their God and Jesus. And it just didn't work because so many traditions or so many people were so steeped in their own traditions that date back much further into paganism that they were not adapting to the Christian Samhain. So this is kind of where um, Halloween and Samhain kind of become one a little bit, things get a little bit mushy, but basically the, uh, the 9th century when Pope Gregory had moved it back, things kind of continued on, but people started having their own little traditions added in, and uh, October 31st became known as All Hallows' Eve, or Halloween as we know it today, but they did keep most of the pagan aspects and traditions, which is really cool that we were able to take back what it originally was and kind of pull it back and keep those long long standing traditions and the whole points behind it all however like i said we have adapted quite a bit of um our own tastes into it with the different types of costumes it's no longer monsters and ghouls and um things like that to blend in and to kind of um you know hide amongst the dead it's more for fun now. It's more to show your own personality, to just play pretend and just do something you want, just to do it and have fun with it. So um, in the 19th century is when it really started to kind of hit America. And then when the Irish immigrants came over, they brought these traditions with them to America. And then we kind of turned it into, like I said, our own thing with changing the outfits and the costumes and, and doing our own, you know, in America, like we like to do, we like to take over everything and um, change and adapt things and make it our own, which, whatever. But it is, it's um, exactly what happens. We kind of change things around. We made our own adaptations. Like I said, the costumes kind of started changing. You can look back, obviously, they weren't full changes. I mean, kids still dressed as monsters and ghouls in the late 1800s and really for some like I said some fucking creepy shit and you know the 1800s and 19 early 1900s sometimes shit was fucking creepy like I don't if somebody wore that today like a little kid I'd be like no get the fuck out like can't get candy sorry you scare me bye bye I am not doing this but I don't know it's just fucking creepy kids dressed like that is fucking just no too much but when we started doing it here things were still a little different we had a lot of things that we saw to learn because it was just brought and it took a while to spread um a lot of the people when they came to america they didn't come to like straight into like california or new mexico arizona area like they the people that come from ireland or europe or whatever they mostly came in through new york area or on the east coast and then had to take a while to work their way 
to the West Coast. And back then, there was obviously no internet, no telephones. Uh, mail was not like it was now. You couldn't just get online and be like, what are the new trends for 1922? I mean, that just obviously wasn't around. So these traditions took a while to make it to the West Coast and make it all the way out there. And once they did, they'd already start changing and things had started to adapt. And it was like the game of telephone. You tell one person something and they tell the next person something and there's a little, little different than, than what they were told. And as you're going down the line, you can see how these traditions being passed on from state to state as it spreads across America to the West Coast is going to change and alter and have some very wild adaptations. And that's kind of how we got to where we are today with it. And if you look back, like Hollywood kind of played a big part in making everything kind of universal as far as America goes and a lot of things because by the time that these traditions and celebrations had even hit the west coast things were already changing and adapting back on the east coast and witches and um, goblins and ghouls and everything had just been a huge huge difference compared to what the west coast had known and it took a while so when you know the talking pictures <laughs> the the silver screen whatever the fuck they called it the, the talkies what the fuck did they call that the motion pictures when movies fucking came out whatever you want to call it back then and it portrayed any bits of these traditions or the celebrations or any bit of the holiday it kind of set the scene for what it should be all over because everybody had just the parts that they had heard and again like when you play the telephone game shit gets confusing and gets mixed up and next thing you know you're completely off of what it was so having Hollywood come in and have movies or even talking about it in books and papers when all of that stuff started happening in the media of any kind it was able to kind of normalize the way that all of America kind of celebrated in a similar pattern if that makes sense so that's kind of what brought us to the that paved the road for where we're at today so um, we're gonna take my quick break and we will um, jump back in with the uh, origins of trick-or-treating be right back look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to Download the new Bumble now. And we're back. Trick-or-treating. You might wonder, like I used to, how does trick-or-treating tie into all of that part? Like, where did that part come from? Because from tradition, we are told that we dressed in costumes because we were trying to blend in with the monsters and the ghouls and the goblins and the ghosts that... We're walking the streets and mixing among the living. So why were we sending our kids out? Well, I still don't understand, but I was able to um, trace it back. Actually, I learned all this years ago. It was kind of um, one of those times where you know you get something stuck in your head and you're like, well, where the fuck did that come from? And then you look stuff up and then next thing you know, you're like fucking down a rabbit hole of all kinds of shit that you were like, wow. But anyway, so 
It traces back to Irish and Scottish traditions where they would, the children would practice something called mumming, which basically for the days leading up to Samhain, children would go around door to door singing songs to the dead as a way to kind of honor them. And they would be rewarded with cakes. But tricks and pranks often got played and became part of the tradition as well. And they would blame it on the fairies or the fae, which is kind of fucking weird. But, you know, don't be blaming shit on people that didn't do nothing. But they might have, you know, they might have been pissed off and done some stuff too. So I guess it's, you know, could be legit. But it just brings about the whole funniness of when we don't understand something we blame it on somebody so that's where the whole trick or treating came from but it's kind of backwards because technically when someone hears a knock on the door we should answer it and say trick or treat like are you here for a treat like are you gonna sing me a song and i'll give you a cake or are you going to play a trick on me it's kind of weird like it should be the other way around right like we should be opening the door saying trick or treat Instead, they come and knock on the door and say trick-or-treat. Maybe they're asking if we want a trick-or-treat. I don't know. But they were handed out treats um, were cakes. And when I say cakes, I don't mean like actual like a full-baked cake. I mean like it's um, usually a soul cake. Which, I've never made one, but they sound delicious. They look delicious. It is kind of like, um, shaped like a cookie. It's round. And obviously not perfectly round because cookies regularly or rarely ever are perfectly round for homemade anyway but it's like cake material or consistency I don't even know how to fuck describe it but it's called soul cake and they look fucking great and I always say that I'm gonna make one but I just have it had the time so the next part brings us to devil's night okay many 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 versions of devil's night kind of um it's kind of born in here so basically, October 30th, it's called Devil's Night, it's considered Mischief Night, and it actually originated back in Britain. It was time for the youth to kind of pull pranks, and this kind of leads back into um, the pranks and tricks that were pulled by people blamed on quote-unquote the fae. So a lot of it got um, to be just really fun little practical jokes back back then it came to the u.s in the 1930s 1940s and unfortunately bigger cities saw a huge spike in crime by juvenile some older people too but mostly juveniles and it got bad philly and detroit were two of the worst ones and they took this the pranking and the tricks to a whole fucking other level of craziness. We're talking um, arson, murder, just horrible acts were happening. And it just kind of got blown into just bullshit instead of the fun and innocence that it used to be. So nobody really talks about Devil's Night like they used to because of this reason. It's kind of sad that we had to fucking ruin something. Um, it's kind of bullshit. Devil's Night could have been something completely fun for kids just to have a little fun with a few pranks and things like that, but it had to be blown out. There are also other sides to Devil's Night that we are going to um, talk about very briefly because I cannot find a lot of origins on this side of it 
or legit, I guess, um, resources that tell. I can't find a lot of resources or actual verifiable origins, so I'm going to give you just a brief overview, like, uh, of what Devil's Night's also known as and the shit that's been going on from there. So, if you guys have ever seen the uh, TV series American Horror Story, specifically the hotel, hotel season where it happens at Hotel Cortez, which is actually based off of the Cecil Hotel, Devil's Night is portrayed as being basically the night that's the for, out for the like the worst of the worst, and they're able to basically go back out into the world as ghosts, but they're still able to do things and maybe mingle among the living as if they look alive. Um, in the hotel episode of American Horror Story on our season, all of the big swingers, um, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, Gacy and Richard Ramirez, I believe Ted Bundy was in the maybe not, uh, Eileen Warnos, very, very bad people were portrayed and was supposed to be their night to go out and have fun and to basically do all these horrible things again. So that is kind of where like the the really bad, like the horror, the arson and the murder and shit kind of ties into. Was it the actual spirits of really, really fucking bad, like the worst of the worst, or was it just people doing some dumb shit? I honestly don't know what I truly believe at this point because I would not be surprised if like the veil so thin that the worst of the worst came out and you know have one night to fucking do some really bad shit like some hardcore demons or really bad fucking spirits coming out and doing some stuff but I also don't really know I need more information to form an opinion honestly like I just I don't know what I feel about all of that but the question lies and if you do follow that theory of um, Devil's Night and the worst of the worst coming out the date range because here is where we have a little bit of controversy Some say that it's from 12 a.m. on August 30th or October 30th to um, Basically 11:59 on 10:31. so they'd have basically like a Whole day or whole night of the night before that would be it or or I guess it'd be yeah 11:59 on on um, well, basically 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. October 30th, 31st. So you'd have the whole night of the 30th and into the morning of the 31st. Or some people believe Devil's Night is considered like a two-night thing where it is um, 12 a.m. on October 30th to 11.59 on uh, like p.m. on October 31st. So you'd have until all night or all, yeah. You'd basically have two nights, the night of October 30th all night, and then all night of October 31st until midnight when November 1st hits, then you'd be down and go back. I don't know any more information. Like I said, I really don't know. It does get a bit confusing, like which way is which. And honestly, I don't know that we'll ever have any proof of either, um, any of it really, to be honest. So I really just like to look into that some more, and I will because I'd like to learn a lot more about Devil's Night and where it came from, what brought it up like how it got started and everything like that. So, how can you celebrate Samhain? What are you gonna do? You can take a nature walk, decorate your home, obviously, but now when we talk about decorating, 
some people obviously like if you're celebrating Samhain you would probably have a lot of your decorations up already as far as like if you're doing spooky stuff like spooky season or you can use this day to redecorate for the upcoming fall season you know things like that some people are just kind of split I am decorated for spooky season year-round so on Samhain in the evening I will get a lot more of my fall stuff out that I hadn't already put out I don't really go all out like I used to with fall anymore. Um, my house is spooky year-round, like it's literally spooky season 24-7, but um, I used to go all out with a lot of fall decor, leaves and things like for Thanksgiving, um, just kind of celebrating, you know, the harvest and, and family and being thankful for what I have. But I just, it's so hard anymore after Trav's mom passed because that was her holiday, like or her season. She fucking loved fall. She went all out. She had some major decor. And in fact, um, she loved fall so much that she actually got out in August of last year. And then she passed away um, in the middle of September. And her fall decor is still up um, to this day. I don't know if it's going to come down. But um, it's just hard. And I know I should go ahead and uh, do it in her memory. But it's just hard because it's just not the same. Because she would get so excited to come and to look at all of it and see it. And to show me things and she would pick me up little things she saw that she thought would look cute with what I have and it's not the same so it's really really fucking hard and I um I don't like to open those wounds if I don't have to so I don't know that I will put a lot more out maybe just a little bit but honestly on top of all of that it's my time constraint issues I just don't have the fucking time so I will decorate my altar for the fall season, you know, kind of like getting prepared before we go into winter, because I want to pull a little bit more out before, like, you know, all the cold shit happens, and just kind of celebrate a little bit of fall that's left before all the bullshit cold shit comes, so, um, you can choose to decorate however you want, and you can literally just take this as a time to refresh your decorations that you may have already, rearrange a little bit, add something, spruce it up, just kind of do whatever you want to celebrate your feelings your your way you can decorate your entire home just a room your altar your whatever it's completely up to you it's also nice to set up an ancestor altar in preparation for Samhain you could do it on the day of the day before so I find it kind of hard I have pictures up of my family but tomorrow um obviously I have to work but when I come home I will have um, an ancestor altar set up with some photos and some memorabilia of my ancestors. I will try to communicate with them tomorrow evening and kind of talk about stories about them and just kind of reminisce about my ancestors. It's just a way to um, basically remember those that we have lost. So it'll be a really... Um, It'll be a fun time just to kind of reminisce and and kind of try to communicate with them. Um, it's hard to talk about, so I'm going to kind of pass that part. Next would be um, a Feast of the Dead, also known as Dumb Supper. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, the key part is staying quiet. You want to talk out loud um, with people and about things or something will come to your mind that you want to say in honor of them. And then you have to be quiet and try to remember to... Um, tell people when you get back or tell your family or whatever you're talking about so it, it can be kind of difficult to stay quiet but hey that's me um, cemetery visit now we know that their body is there their their soul is probably not going to hang out in the cemetery 
but it is a good way to honor those who have um, passed on and just kind of visit them or visit you know the site cleaned up and you know maybe take some some new things out there for them a bonfire this is something i love to do on Samhain. hopefully the weather holds up um, last year it was freezing cold raining and just horrible out but a bonfire where you can do some fire magic or fire scrying right during this time is fucking phenomenal fucking results normally fire scrying is really cool um we all have seen a fire and seen things in it so taking what you know now and putting that into looking at the flames and just seeing the magic there is just fucking amazing feeling you feel alive it's a good way to warm up if you're cold it just really brings it in and makes you feel very um, alive in a way it's crazy but it's awesome um, it's also a good time to while you have that fire going to set some good intentions for um, the upcoming winter season to get yourself prepared to set some goals maybe but to uh, burn your intentions set them in fire set them in stone that way um, that's something I personally do I know other people kind of do their own thing but with me I like to um, kind of like finalize them by like get my stuff you know wrote down my intentions for the year and then throw them in the fire or this is a great time to do some banning and some um, pushing away things that you want out of your life by writing them down doing a little incantation if you like if you don't want to you don't have to it's completely fine just kind of taking some things and, and getting yourself refreshed for the new season write it down on the paper or have an object that symbolizes it and chuck it in the fire watch that bitch burn scry away it comes you know turns on a flame it's fucking so empowering try it even if you can bonfire outside have a little fire in your cauldron or a fireproof dish or you know if you got a pyrex glass you know baking dish that you ain't using anymore burn use that bitch to burn shit it'll work you have to be you know creative sometimes and resourceful and use what you have divination y'all i talk about this all the time divination is phenomenal this time of year i don't know why i'm gonna kick saying phenomenal it's i'll tell you that story a long time later it's a long story but it's fucking funny but literally divination if you've never played with it now's a great time the veil's thin i know i've said it like a hundred times but i did see a meme the other day saying witches who learn or modern witches always say in this time of year the veil's thinning the veil's saying well it is bitches it's fucking thinning that's correct you are right the barrier is down shut up i will say it it's fine because it's happening but this is a great time while you have the opportunity to have, you know, a stronger chance. And it's a great time to work on your divination skills and try to hone that in. Because if you keep, if you get a strong, like I said, a couple of episodes go and keep going with it and really practice now, you'll still do good even as everything starts to bury back up or, you know, build back up and that barrier gets stronger again. You're still going to have that expertise under your belt of doing it and and practicing so it's really good reflecting it's also a great time to celebrate life as in contrast to death and reflect on things in your life where your life is where you're going what's been happening things you'd like to change things you'd like to improve things you'd like to fucking get rid of stuff you'd like to cut out people you'd like to cut out this is a great time to do all of that because you are basically like i said for me anyway wrapping up the year it's coming to an end things are like kind of 
rounding out to me done. We're going to go to the cold, depressing shit, and then we're going to come out with the sunshine in, in about six months, and everything's going to be fantastic. So use this time to be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for all of the wonderful things that have come your way, and then look at the things who, that have went sideways or, or wrong and see what we can do to change that and to improve it for the upcoming winter things you want to work on set some goals and intentions for yourself and just kind of get yourself in a place where you feel happy and you feel like you have been very appreciative for what you have and you are ready to make plans or um, adaptations to get the things you want that you may not have yet or work on yourself or things or whatever journal 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 y'all I say this all the time journaling is so helpful if you're like me and you don't like to write everything down, journal in a fucking voice memo. Get it out. Get it out. There are apps you can download that doesn't take up all the space on your phone because it's saved like in the cloud or whatever. Do that. I'll, uh, I don't remember what the fucking app is called that I got, but I will look it up and um, I'll post it in the group or say it next week, whatever. But sometimes, you know, you have a lot of shit that needs to come out. You can't save it on your phone because your phone only has so much storage get one of those apps where it can go in the cloud or whatever get it out get it out of your body and out and it'll feel so much better i promise you just take time to appreciate mother nature and mother earth and everything she has done for us and continues to give us it's crazy how much we use and abuse the earth and one of these days, she's going to basically have had enough and be like, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. I hope not, but unfortunately, I think we might be there sooner than later because things are getting really rough. Things are bad, we are destroying her left and right, and we really need to appreciate what she's given us and the power that she fucking has. Also, something that is really good to do during Samhain and is very traditional is connecting with your community. Woo. I know at times we do get shunned, we get looked upon as if we're crazy or weird, especially if you're out of the room closet. People tend to judge a lot. They all have something to say or some thought on how we should be, who we should be, what we should look like, things we should do, blah, 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 blah. If you are not comfortable getting involved in the community, that's perfectly fine. I completely get it. I had trouble adjusting and getting involved with people for a while until people understood me and actually accepted me, even though I've been here my entire fucking life, but it was the change of me embracing who I was outside of my out of my walls, and not just in my home, but outside and in public, and it took a little bit, because I come from a small town in a very conservative county, state, town, bullshit area, so... Now, everybody comes to me when they have a problem. They are like, oh, the house has some stuff going on in it, or I think, you know, I think I'm cursed. I think this happening. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Everybody wants help now. Everyone shunned me, and everybody wanted to judge me, but now that y'all need fucking help, you're coming out the woodwork. But I'm not an asshole, so I still help. But if you are not ready to go out and connect with the community, a great way to do this would be handing out candy. It can be a little expensive, but I mean, it is tradition to hand out candy to your treaters. Even if you just turn your light on and buy a bag of candy, hand out a little bit, then when you run out, turn your light off and be done. Give a donation, do something that makes you feel like you are in some way 
connect you with the community. If you don't feel comfortable with that, don't. Work on it later. Don't do it at all. I don't care. There's no wrong way to be a witch. You don't have to do these things. These are suggestions. Crafting. Creating something new. Creating, you know, just any little thing. Like, you know, I make bracelets. I make jewelry. Those are things that I will do to create something anew. Something, you know, for my room, for my altar. Something. I'm just going to make something. Um, and it doesn't all have to be done on Salon, it's a lot of stuff to pack in in one day, so you can do it in the time frame around it. You've got time, it's not something that has to be done on that day. Whatever works for you. I like to make, you know, different beaded things to put around, or like a keychain, something different just to kind of add into my decorations. So it's just a little something I do. If you're not a crafty person, don't do it, it's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Make candies. A lot of people like to make candies um, on Saturday. A lot of people don't like to hand out their own candies because a lot of people freak out if you hand out homemade stuff on Halloween because <laughs> people think that everybody's going to drug their kids or something, which is so funny. Let me just pause real quick and tell y'all. The number of fucking posts I see this time of year telling people to check their kids' candy because there could be edibles in it. I'm going to repeat that. People post on Facebook telling others to check their kids' candy because there might be edibles in it. And by edibles, I mean THC edibles. First off, that shit's fucking expensive. Nobody's going to go and spend thousands and thousands of dollars to give out drugs to your kids. Edibles for free. It's not happening. They might offer a parent an edible while they're trick-or-treating. They're sure as fuck not handing out tons of edibles to kids. Number two. If they were and had the opportunity and they were doing it to get your kids hooked on drugs, your kids don't have jobs. They're not going to give drugs to little children who don't have jobs to try to get them addicted so that they will buy drugs from the drug dealer. It just doesn't happen. Number three, if they were doing it just to be assholes to see your kid fucked up because they are a piece of shit human being, they're not going to be there to watch your kid eat it. So they're definitely not going to get any satisfaction out of it. So therefore, it's not happening. I'm saying it now, I'll say it forever, no one is going to give your kids drugs for Halloween, for free, which is not happening. Oh, that was weird, a ladybug just flew off of my headband and onto, wow, um, my wall piece, that's fucking weird, but okay. I don't even know where the hell it came from. She's a cute little ladybug though. Mace is fucking touch prize ladybugs, my son, it's funny. The last thing that you can do, not like the last last thing, but the last thing I have on my list of suggested things to do would be to leave an offering for the dead. This could be something you bake, this could be flowers, a gift, it could be literally anything. Especially if you know the dead that you're trying to attract, you're going to know what kind of things to leave them. If I am trying to attract my dad, I would probably leave out some pennies. My dad used to collect pennies, in fact there are still jugs full at my mom's house. Like colligan jugs, big fucking water jugs, full of pennies all over the place. So if I were trying to attract my dad, I would definitely leave out some pennies for him. Uh, my mother-in-law, I would definitely leave out some fall decor, things like that. She loved that kind of stuff. Chop's dad, I would leave out some ammo or a gun magazine or um, something like that because that was his thing. He was an arms dealer. Um, and he used car salesman actually, so he did, he did pretty well for himself with those things, but 
for me, I like to leave offerings of random things for the dead. I like to leave offerings for the fae while I'm out there to kind of make everybody happy, keep everybody kind of, you know, calm and chill and, and good, on good terms. So, so um, for me, this is the start of my baking season. This is when I get into my drive of making candies and snacks and goodies and cakes and breads and muffins and cookies and all the wonderful things. This is how I celebrate, and it's not like it just, I do it that day and I'm done. This starts my season. This is like the kickoff of my season. I don't like to bake and, and make goodies and stuff like that when it's hot out. I don't want to be in the kitchen when it's hot. I don't want to do any of that stuff in the oven. I like during the winter when it's cold to have the oven going and just be making things, have the smell of all the wonderful foods and breads and cookies and things like that, just all around in the kitchen, filling the house. It's amazing one of my favorite things to do. Unfortunately, with my time constraints with work now, I don't have as much time to do it, so what I do is get my one Sunday off a month and I try to pack as much, or a week, and I try to pack as much into that Sunday each week as I can. It does tear your body down standing at a um, counter making things all day on your one day off when your rest of your week is literally run around throwing freight Stand on a hard concrete floor, you know, ringing customers up, doing things like that, sitting in a horribly uncomfortable office doing paperwork, and constantly getting up and down to run everywhere and do everything. So it is really, um, really hard, but I try to do it because I love it. I love sharing the, um, the goodies that I make with people. I love sending Travis to work with a tub full of you know, homemade from scratch cookies and Buckeyes and fudge and just other candies and cake balls and just different things. I love it. It is like my fucking favorite feeling in the world. I like to take some into my team to show appreciation. This is my, my kickoff for my baking season. I, um, I dress, <laughs> my next, my note literally says dress in full witch gear, quote unquote. I look like a witch all the time honestly like I, I wear all black and honestly your own opinion of what a witch looks like is completely up to you nobody can tell you if what you are wearing is witchy or not as long as you feel witchy and that's all that fucking matters but I wear um I have a few dresses that I literally save just for Samhain um if it's not on trick-or-treat day I wear them you know in the evening why I'm doing things in the house. It's just a very, very, I have some very, very comfortable dresses that I would literally wear year round and have actually, but now I have a couple of them that I are safe specifically for that one. Um, one for very warm, you know, for like a, a nice warm salon, one for very fucking cold salon, which we've had both last year, so, but I have multiple. Um, but on that day, on salon, I will, you know, wear my hat around the house. I will be more, um, more dressed in all my things than normal, but on a normal day, I, I wear a lot of things that people always joked about being a witch about, even before they knew I was, so, you know, whatever makes you happy and makes you feel witchy, fucking wear it, that's your, your deal. I also use Samhain to educate others on Samhain and the craft, meaning like the witchcraft and the fact that we're not all bad. People think witches are bad all the way around, think we're horrible, and it's bullshit, and it's just giving us such a bad rap, and I fucking hate that part of it, but I do take time, um, on Taiwan to try to educate some people, 
and explain things and maybe try to change, not really change someone's mind, but kind of open their eyes a little bit. I usually try to post some info on my social media, kind of sharing some info about who we are, what we do, and that, you know, we're not fuck crazy, we don't think we're turning people from toads to people or people to toads, we're not jumping off houses and flying, just things like that. I take time to prepare my home for cold weather for the upcoming winter, you know, kind of finalize shutting all the windows for the last time and getting this prepared, making my home nice and cozy and just really making it feel comfortable and happy for me because I know I'm going to be sad with the cold winter and I can't go outside barefoot on the ground. I will try to go barefoot one more time before it's super cold because I love connecting with the earth, feeling grounded. Um, connect with dead friends and family is definitely something I will do. Like I said, I will definitely do some divination to connect with them. Um, I don't know if we're going to have time to do a dumb supper, but we will definitely um, leave out some type of treats for our lost family and friends. Um, showing appreciation to Mother Earth, I talk about it all the time, it's really super important. Like, so guys, she is depleting. We are tearing the shit out of her, and it's just not okay. And I want to show the Earth how much I love her and appreciate everything she's done for us. So, uh, get out, enjoy nature. I am going to try to get out tomorrow and do um, a walk through the trails if I have time in the evening. I don't know. Um, damn, I don't know. May have to be the next day. Nope, I can't do the next day. There, one day this week, I'm definitely going to get out and do to the trails. I do want to do a few more pictures. Um, there's a spot and we found the woods. I really want to go take some photos of Trav and I in and it's just a fucking gorgeous area. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures I posted in the Facebook group, but guys, I Travis did so great with the fog last night and everything. My profile picture is actually me. Um, one of the color pictures I posted in the group, but he turned it into a black and white photo and it looks like I'm floating. It's amazing. I love it. It's so good. Again, lots and lots of divination. Um, I'm Again, I'm going to connect with my loved ones and family and friends and everything, but I'm also going to try and just connect with the energy around me, um, see who else here in my home. Um, I know we've got Jack and I think Martha. The girls, I don't know their names. Um, they don't ever give me their names. I've tried for years. I cannot get their names. There's a few other spirits here I want to try and connect with. There's several that just kind of like keep back and hide. There are three ancient, I don't really know how to say ancient, but older witches that Trav sees all the time and it freaks them out. I don't think in a bad way, I think it just startles them because he's not really expecting them. Like, they'll go away for a while and then come back and then just kind of takes them, catches them off guard, but for the most part, they're very, very nice and I think they're just kind of watching over things, so they're here, but... And then I want to connect with the energy around me, not the energies like spiritual energies, but the energy from the earth and from the universe and just feed off of that. I want to take that energy and absorb it and that power and just kind of embrace it and then meditate for a while and just feel one with the earth for a little while and appreciate everything. And um, as far as we go for our family, I said I'd throw some of that in too. So we, um, like I said, the kids dress up. We do a whole lot. Trap puts on a, a great show for kids outside trick-or-treating. He puts a whole graveyard out front or normally it's like a graveyard. It just it kind of depends. Next year he wants to do a whole different theme, like make it like a witch's cottage out front, which our house literally looks like a witch's cottage all the time. Anyway, we have a large trouble moon. Um, 
uh, decor on the peak of our house. It's fucking huge. I made it. It's amazing. I have a large flag out front with the triple moons on it. Literally hanging off my house. I've got a sign on my front. Um, right in front of my house is not all witches live in Salem. There's a large beware sign with a witch hat on my front porch. My back porch has a big large sign that says unwelcome with sugar skull on it. You can tell where we live. If you drive on Brady Street and Avka, you will find my house. Like, it's unmistakable. But we go out, Trap puts all these things out, and he'll change it like 100 times before Halloween Day. It's crazy. He really likes to change it up. Um, we take a lot of stuff from my personal collection of things out there. I have multiple animal skulls and real bones that we take out and decorate with. We've never had a problem with people stealing any of our decor because I think they are too scared to steal it. Um, I think they're petrified of what they don't know, so they get a little scared, but it's a big family event with hand out candy and things like that. Everybody comes to our house. We have people from other cities and, and things like that that will literally travel to come to our house on Halloween. We've got music going, a great light show fog machine and normally when it's cooler out it has to be under certain degrees um chav has a fog chiller and it basically makes the fog cool so it lays low to the ground so it looks like real fog and not like you know just like a regular fog machine but it's really cool we as a family take time to um connect and to appreciate what we have appreciate where we're at connect with our um, lost loved ones and you know family and friends we put out offerings we you know we do basically all the things um, that I was talking about we have a lot of these traditions that we have done since the kids were little before they even knew really what anything was or what I was or um, really anything about so we just were very natural as kids we never told like came out and openly told them things we just kind of let them come to conclusions on their own about life and things like that of different things it's hard, it, it just sounds weird saying it but if you understand you understand um it's just a lot of um a lot of fun things that we do with kids a lot of very important and memorable things we do with them they are uh will be 21 and 22 and they still come home for halloween every year and help you know hand out candy dress up and just be here with us for it and it's it's a great time and we really enjoy it and we will continue to do it until we just can't anymore because it's our tradition so all right i know i have a few emails to answer still i had like a hundred of them come in last week and i just have not gotten to all of them i'm working on it i promise between work and life and have like a hundred of them i haven't got to them all but i'm working on it, I promise I do want to give you guys two more pieces of information, updates. Uh, one pertains to our kind of stuff. The other just uh, pertains to my actual area of Indiana. Number one, the one that pertains to all of it's Greg Locke, the pastor who preaches on TV and on YouTube, has a church on YouTube, and he was one that started the whole modern-day witch hunt. He was coming after us. He is just a pile of junk. That, he need, that we as a nation need to line up every gay and lesbian transgender individual and shoot them in the back of the head. He's a pile of fucking garbage. I hate that man. Well, YouTube permanently shut down his YouTube page for his church today, and that was fantastic news. Fantastic, because that man should not be making money off of spewing hate. He should not be getting any type of monetary 
money or monetary um, anything for the bullshit he does. So that's great news. He's pissed. I think it's great. Fantastic. Secondly, I don't know how many of you are also true crime fans and listen to different true crime podcasts or follow any kind of news. But here in Indiana, in a town not very far away from us called Delphi, back in 2017, two little girls, Abby and Liberty, were found dead. They had been murdered. Um, They went out on uh, February 13th. They had the day off, and they went out to um, hike on the the Monon Trail, or the High Ridge. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. I think it's called the Hybrid, Monon High Ridge. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway. It is a bridge where you walk across. There's a trail area to there. The girls were dropped off on February 13th, and they did not have school that day because of um, of snowflakes day or whatever. They were supposed to meet back at an area at 2 p.m. to be picked up. Neither girl was there. They tried calling. Nobody answered. Um, later the next day, the girls were found murdered not very far away um I'm gonna be really horrible telling the story and I don't want to because it's just uh, heartbreaking you can follow the pod- many podcast episodes on the Delphi murders my point of all of this is yesterday I'm sorry Friday they finally arrested the gentleman who was responsible for it he is a 50 year old man named Richard Allen he lives in Delphi he works in Delphi and he's been part of the community the entire fucking time This man was said to have been part of the fucking search for the girls' bodies. He has been um, said to be um, part of the a guy named Kevin Klein who was a suspect not long ago because this guy was arrested for creating a fake Snapchat profile called Anthony Shots, where he used a profile picture of a very young teenage boy pretending to be him. And was talking to young girls in very inappropriate ways. Mr. Klein had admitted and ratted out Richard Allen as being the second user of that account. I have been told. I don't know how far true that is. The um, press conference update will be out tomorrow, Monday, on Halloween. So we will uh, get some more information, hopefully, of everything. But the killer has been caught. This man worked at CBS in that town. It's a small town of 3,000 people. And this man worked there in the town around everyone. And when I believe Libby's um, aunt, either Abby or Libby, I don't remember which one, I think Libby's aunt, Tara, went to go to CVS to pick up the pictures for the girls' memorial that they had printed off. Richard, the pile of shit, was the one who handed her the envelope of the pictures and said, there's no charge for this, don't worry about it. When he's the one who murdered those little girls. I can't wait to find out the information for the press conference tomorrow. I think it's really important that we all um, know the details so we can know what happened and have some closure for that family. My heart is just broken uh, for them. It has been for a long time. They actually went missing on my birthday and I think that's why it sinks in so much with me and the dates stay with me it's very very heartbreaking but um, it's coming to an end now finally and I'm really curious to see what happened they took him out or took him to 
the county jail and instantly took him out of the county jail and put him into a state um, location for his own safety. So I think that um, once all of his, you know, the trial's done or whatever, and you know, all the information is out where we finally know what happened and you know for sure it was him, then you throw his ass in the general population because the people there will definitely take care of him like he should be. Because you know what? That's some bullshit to even do that shit to. I mean, it's just fucking pure evilness. So. He's been caught, and I cannot wait for the update tomorrow. So, that's all I've got, guys. Um, blessed be. Have an amazing Samhain. I'll get back to you on your emails very soon, I promise. Alright, guys. I love you all. Blessed be. Bye.